Hey, what's up, Browns fans? Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. This is your Tuesday, September 20th episode. And what we get here is a comprehensive overview and all 22 rewatch thoughts on the game. So uh, what I do is I consume the game. I take notes on uh, you know certain aspects of coverage and movement and personnel and then try to feed them back to you so you understand at a deeper level what has gone on uh, on the field. Okay, so if you missed yesterday's pod, I did a deep dive essentially on uh, everything surrounding the game on first watch, you know, talking about the raw emotion of it, then talking about how the offense played uh, from from an outside view, again, not looking down the pipe of the All-22. I have more on that today. Um, but then obviously talking about the, the weird specific scenarios that are worth having a discussion uh, around the punt, the everything that broke at the end. So it's all there. If you want it, talk through it. It's uh, it's about 30 minutes or so. It's I think it's worth your time if you're into trying to work through the, the emotion of a, of a wild uh, a wild game. But this is, again, a pod now where we turn the page and look at it from a wider perspective about what happened uh, in the... In, well, I guess it's not wide. I should say it's more of a narrow perspective about what this is, the specifics of what happened. So we always start with the defense, okay? So... In this game, um, we saw uh, 67 snaps from the Jets. The Browns were out in base personnel 12 times. So base personnel is a reminder. Uh, it's very simply three linebackers. It's your 4-3 look, three linebackers on the field, four DBs. For 12 snaps, 45 snaps of nickel, which is an added DB. Take a linebacker off, put a DB on. And then uh, dime, there were nine snaps of that as well. So your slot coverage guys in this game, there was uh, uh, kind of some various moving parts, whether depending on what coverage, but you got 36 from Greg Newsom. He got 22 regular corner snaps. Uh, so they did some moving things with him, but he got 36 in the slot, 13 from Ronnie Harrison in dime looks and a couple big nickel situations, five from Delpit rolling down five from John Johnson also rolling down when they went with some man free stuff. Taki Taki bumped out four times, JOK three, Jacob Phillips three, and some of the wider uh, spread formations that the Jets would put on the field. So uh, they the total of nine uh, dime snaps on the game too, which is a heavy third down usage for the round. Pretty much anytime it's third down, no, I can't say anytime, anytime it's third medium, they're going to put dime out there. They're usually this year taking a guy off the front and putting him in as a secondary player and being a three down team in dime. So three down, two backers, six DBs. So that's their their uh, prominent look this year. So uh, it's worth kind of broaching the data of of everything around the game too from a blitz perspective. So the Browns played 67 snaps. I have them as three blitzes of 12 snaps in base, five blitzes of 47 or sorry 45 snaps of nickel, and then only two blitzes on nine of those dime snaps I was talking about. So they were not crazy aggressive and listen they only have uh, through two games the collected data from true media they have 23rd uh, they're the 23rd ranked team in blitz percentage so they've only blitzed 14 total times this season and again 10 of those came in this game so there was an uptick there but nonetheless not as often as you would expect but pretty much they're matching personnel anytime the jets came out in 11 personnel they went out in, in nickel. They matched it pretty much every time except for the times that they were in dime on those third downs because the Jets did a ton of operating from uh, from 11 personnel because obviously that's their best skill set, right? You got Corey Davis, you got Elijah Moore, you got uh, you know Garrett Wilson who was uh, highly effective in this game, and then Tyler Conklin, their tight end. They did run some 12, 
but not a ton of snaps. They pretty much played uh, and against those 12 personnel snaps. I think there were, there were 15 12 personnel snaps, and the Browns were in nickel for three of those, and the otherwise were in 12 uh, base looks. So uh, coverage-wise... You know, he, they are who they are. They're not running a ton of. They're not running a ton of man. They're twenty second in man to man percentage this year, having run seventeen of one hundred and seventeen snaps in man this year. They're sixth in the NFL in zone usage. Ninety of one hundred and seventeen snaps are in zone, and that's the indication of what you can see here. When they're in base personnel in the twelve snaps, they had nine snaps of cover three, which is your base coverage in four three. They had. Two snaps of cover one, so against a heavier personnel, they just kind of manned up. And then they had one snap of cover six, all right? Uh, out of nickel, which is where we get our best sample size in this game, they ran three snaps of cover zero or cover one. So three times they went man-to-man. Otherwise, it was a ton of zone. They ran ten snaps of cover two. Flacco was seven for nine for 71 yards against cover two and nickel. Thirteen snaps of cover three. He was 6 of 7 for 124 yards and a touchdown. So cover 2 and cover 3 got sliced up in this game. Cover 4, they ran 9 times. Early downs, the Browns love to run cover 4. It was not all too effective for them. So maybe you see an uptick in some of that soon. Uh, 10 snaps of cover 6, where Flacco was 5 of 10 for 29 yards and uh, against cover 6. So... That's what you're getting the most of. Uh, I, I'm a little surprised by how much cover two they ran in this game, and and really, I can't be surprised about cover three. They're they're a heavy cover three team. That's the highest volume that they play. But the six of seven for 124 yards against cover three is is pretty concerning. On third downs and and for the game collectively, it's worth kind of broaching how they did. I think the Jets were eight of eight of 15 on third down uh, for the game. Uh, yeah, that's what they ended up being. The Browns are on the field in nine of those. In dime personnel, uh, the Jets were two of two for 23 yards on third down against the Blitz. So the Browns brought two dime blitzes, and the Jets completed both of those on third downs, two of two for 23 total yards, a catch of 10 and a catch of 23. So they were in two man, two times. That's man to man underneath with two deep safeties, and then two times they were in cover one, and those were earlier downs but they they again that's at a dime they have higher propensity more dbs on the field they feel more comfortable playing man-to-man and then one snap of cover two two snaps of cover three which they defended both of those well the flacco went over three against them and then one snap of cover four uh which was one uh one of one ten yards and then there was a the goal line bust was also out of dime where the browns put three deep they dropped eight so they played three deep it really looked like a uh, an extra defender cover six look where they were trying to take away the backside seam, but for some reason Denzel carried right into it and let the rail route run for a touchdown. So that one cover six snap was for 10 yards and a touchdown. So they're a heavy usage of a, of a variety of zone coverages. Uh, I mean, you know, there's a lot of two here. There's a lot of three. There's a lot of four and a lot of six. So uh, there's some trends in, ter- in terms of early down quarters, but for the most part, they'll give you cover three on early downs as well. They'll, they'll mix it up. They really will mix it up. And I think the place that they seem to be getting most confused are checks to either empty formations or moving pieces from side to side. That's what's giving them issues. The 66-yard Corey Davis touchdown was a an empty look, and they probably have a check uh, versus empty and how they, they communicate it. And listen, DB coaches across the country spend the entire early portion of, of, of you know, camp and off season and OTAs or whatever they're called at whatever level preaching hand signals communication everybody yelling it there's so many clinic teach tapes up of how this goes 
And as we saw today with Denzel Ward chiming in on Twitter, and we saw mixed communication and the messaging, uh, Ward saying, oh, it was only one of those were my fault, and that wasn't on me, I had the flat. Ward being very vocal about not taking blame, and and, and, and Grant Delpit kind of the opposite, and not passing blame, is concerning, because who's going to own it? If you're not going to own it, and we're going to team face this, then get on the same page. Like, they can't get on the same page for anything. Not just on the field, but how they broach the the situations that are being busted to the media. It is 100% fair game to be very nervous about where this is all going with this secondary because there's starting to be some cracks in the in in the in the pot here of of keeping everything all the water in the pot and everybody on the same page. It's starting to feel like there's going to be some blame passed around because when Denzel Ward's getting picked on and blamed for coverages like Pro Football Focus tracked him on the game uh, i'm trying to look at specific pass coverage grades they gave denzel uh in the game four targets four completions 106 yards and two touchdowns he chimes in on twitter i only was targeted one time so it's like there's a bunch of it's not my fault happening and john johnson's talking about their guys sending information but they're not receiving it so how can it be so broken on the back half that we don't know who the sender of information is on the field to the guys getting the information? It is, it's kind of mind-blowing to still be talking about this now, two weeks into the season of the third year of a defensive coordinator in his system with many players who have been in multiple years of it. I don't have a pro. I thought, okay, week one happened, whatever, schemed a couple things up on him. It won't happen again. There's no way. There is a way. There is no faith. I have no faith that Jeff Howard, the DB's coach and pass game coordinator, and Joe Woods can can truly figure this out and get it ironed out. It just doesn't doesn't seem like it will. I have no evidence to the contrary that they'll play 67 plays in a game, and and of those 67 plays, uh, five of them are coverage busts. That's an unbelievably high number compared to the rest of the NFL, and it's why you're losing games or you know, look back at the Carolina game, relying on a 57, 58, 52, whatever number yard field goal it was to win the game. So, you know, that's just what we're talking about here. Otherwise, you got to talk about player performance, uh, which to me was great. 16 pressures in this game collectively for the Browns. When you look at their run defense, sorry, pass defense grades, I think that's fantastic. Actually, uh, pro true media kind of charts it a little differently than pro football focus. So they had them at 24 total pressures in this game and the Jets I think Brandon Thorne is a guy I respect a ton on Twitter he watches it all O-line D-line breaks it down puts out a newsletter which I highly recommend had the you know the Browns won a ton of quick pass rush reps they won, they won a ton but the Jets were creative about how they got out uh, you know either routes or how they got out um, you know uh, help right how they schemed up help chip tight ends back staying in different things, and this was the point that that Brandon made. He said, credit to the Jets for scheming in consistent help for their tackles, having outlets for Flacco and getting rid of the bit quickly. It was pretty much all game long. It masked a lot of quick losses by the, uh, the offensive line, which I agree. I saw seven Miles Garrett pressures in this game. He had a sack. He had a quarterback hit, five hurries. You can only do so much when the ball is out of the hands, lightning quick. And this is a big problem I have with Joe Woods' continued secondary. Look, they don't get hands on anybody. And you can get hands on from zone coverage. You can reroute number two. You can get up and bump and run and turn in cover two. You can get hands on a guy and then get to your area. They don't do any touching of any receivers. The receivers are free to run wherever they want, whenever they want, with very little repercussion. 
There's no slowing them down. So if you're if you're winning, like here's the formula in my mind, guys. If you're able to win quick as a pass rush, why don't we make the routes a little tougher for guys to get out on? If we did that, maybe those split seconds a quarterback doesn't have a full route development result in a sack here or there or a ball batted down more often. That, to me, should be 1 plus 1 equals 2, but here we are having a different discussion. Quick pass rush wins, not giving our guys a chance because we're letting them either get out on routes quick or, or be unfiltered in terms of how we're taking away options. Like there, There's no option taking away. A quarterback doesn't have to think he can throw against leverage. It's super simple. Even when the Browns run man, they don't get hands-on. They mirror. And it's not all too common to mug receivers, but you get a five-yard halo. You can really get after them in the first five yards. They don't do that. They don't slow any receiver down. It's free-release city, and that is a wide receiver, a tight end. That's great. I love not having to deal with contact early in my route tree. Like, that is that makes it great. So um, that's a frustrating element I would love to see change. But Taven Bryan had four uh, pass rush uh, pressures. Jadevin Clowney had four. Uh, including um, three hurries and a hit, uh, three hurries and a sack force fumble. We know that we know what that was. Uh, Taven Bryan also had a hit. I should have referenced along with his three hurries. Chase Winovich had three uh, total pressures: three from Walker, two from Taki Taki, one from Jordan Elliott. They did enough. That's 24 pressures, two sacks, four hits, 18 hurries, and again, to me, some some great efforts. Clowney with a really high pass rush grade against true pass sets where it's third and pass or it's dis- down a distance or clock says you have to throw it. Miles had an over 70 grade. Like they did enough. Miles had three pressures in those true pass sets. Taven Bryan four. Clowney four. They did enough. They had a batted down pass by Alex Wright. The group up front got after the quarterback as best they could. That needs to be completely understood. It's with the coverage stuff that is so disappointing. Now JOK is the highest graded coverage defender, and, and Walk is behind him at 91. So they're 91-7 and 91. And I thought both of them were fine. They gave up 6 for 10 for only 31 yards, according to Pro Football Focus, which feels about right to me. Uh, Walker had a, a pass breakup, one of the few pass breakups, only two on the day. So he had one of them. He had a two forced incompletions, which I thought he did well with. They did give JOK the touchdown on that final uh, Garrett Wilson, 15-yard touchdown catch. It's just JOK's in a rock and a hard place. He's got no help. He's got no inside help. He's got none. None. The safety's drifting into the end zone in cover two and just is in no man's land against a two-man release. Like, there's no help. It's the easiest touchdown in the world, just playing backpedal coverage in your own end zone. It's really frustrating. Martin Emerson gets the highest secondary coverage grade at 73-0. He was allowed five of seven for 27 yards. He did get really brutally beat on that uh, fade from Wilson, which is is not tape he's going to love to watch back. So, uh, you know, take that for what it's worth. Coverage-wise, uh, moving down, Greg Newsom had uh, 63-5. Grade 5 of 8 were credited to him for 30, sorry, 52 yards. John Johnson was accredited and 50 snaps from him with 0 for 3 in his general direction, and he had a pass breakup. He almost picked that ball off in the end zone to Garrett Wilson early in the game. I think second quarter of that one uh, before the rail route. That was actually not that early. It was cl- close to halftime. Um, uh, otherwise, the, the bottom of the barrel guys uh, are pretty obvious. Jacob Phillips, uh, when he found the field, 17 coverage snaps. He had 23 yards allowed, two of three. I thought he continues to just not look comfortable in space. I still am a little interested. I mean, I know what they're doing with Walker and, and injury and long-term trying to re- fill that role, but 
it's dicey, man. And switching the green dot player on and off the field by how you can't have two green dots on the field, so you can't have walk and you know Phillips running on and off the uh, on the field at the same time. So they're rotating those guys come in and out, and that could be a large part of the problem. Maybe they need to just pass it back to John Johnson again. We'll see. But uh, Ronnie Harrison uh, on the field for ten coverage snaps of his thirteen. He did not get targeted except for one time they screwed up a banjo in and out call on the uh, uh, two-man situation where they just, Ronnie chases outside and Garrett Wilson runs inside from number one and replaces exchanges, sorry, with number two, and it was dropped. They were lucky, but that should have been a, a charge to Harrison if he caught it. Delpit, a 42-9 grade, feels generous, 3 of 3, 54 yards. They put the two touchdowns on on uh, Denzel Ward, who gets a 35.8 grade, one of his worst overall grades look between grant and and denzel the week before it was between newsom and jo and and john johnson like it's not isolated to one guy like you could get rid of one guy it's the the miscommunications are they're everywhere they're everywhere and that's it's even harder in that regard to to ice you can't isolate it the way you want to isolate it 27 of 41 coverage targets uh, by pff and 324 passing yards because you include the 17 yard fake punt, which I have already gone over on yesterday's pod and how that came to fruition. Uh, run defense stuff here. Highest graded run defenders, Delphit 74-0 with three tackles and a stop tackle. JOK with a 72-5, five stop tackles, six collective. And again, a stop tackle is a play that constitutes a failure for the offensive line. So, or sorry, for the offense in general. It's like an at-the-line, one-yard gain or a negative. It's, it's a failure play. Phillips with a 70.1 and 10 run defense snaps. Walker 68.9. At the bottom of this group, you get uh, Denzel with a 33.5. You get Greg Newsom 49.4. Those corners just do not have any interest in tackling. But would as a as an opposition, I would really, really, really try to uh, put those guys in space. Six missed tackles on the day for the Browns. One miss from Cl- Taven Bryan. One from Clowney. One from John Johnson, and one from Ward. One from Walker, and. I think that's it. I think Miles also did have a missed tackle as well. It was a really nice run from Michael Carter where he made about five people miss on one of those. But again, in the game, 93 rushing yards for the Jets, seven for 50 from Hall, Brees Hall, seven for 23 from Michael Carter. And then those two end-around plays where the Browns just were lazy on Braxton Berrios on the two for 22 cheap yard stuff. So, uh, you know, run defense didn't get so much of the blame because it wasn't really challenged in this game. But I guess that's it. That's the defense, man. We've talked through where guys lined up. We talked through what happened. I, I just, they were open. There's a lot of guys open. And I think if Flacco, between a mixture of drop passes and if Flacco was accurate on about five more throws that I think are reasonable to be accurate, you're talking about a 400-yard day. So it's not just busted coverages. They were being picked apart everywhere in this game. I'm talking, and listen, again, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson. It's a good group. It's good wide receivers but they're not a bunch of all pros like not yet they could get there but they were open all day and it's very concerning when you add that to a mixture of the busted coverage stuff you start to get really concerned about stopping people i just don't feel confident in how they're approaching their two six three and four and matching routes and and they're getting beat in tight spaces where you get a post corner or a corner post back inside of a cover three curl hook, uh, you know, hook curl area. Like they're getting beat 
And I mean, and Flacco was just cutting him up. He was cutting him up. And if he was accurate on like five more throws, and Garrett Wilson catches that one over the middle with nobody around him on that banjo miscommunication we're talking about earlier, and that banjo is a check you make for an in and out call. You take the first in, I'll take the first out. Like they did messed it. It was it was a 25, 30 yard gain. And so it's concerning all around. The deep dive is worse than you wanted it to be. And I posted some Browns film, uh, OBR film breakdown clips of them just getting absolutely lit up. So uh, we'll see what Mitch Trubisky has in store for him on Thursday. We'll see. Quick break. Word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Switch over to the offense. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250k in cash alone. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb your leaderboard for a shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player props, even those over-unders or individual player matchups across Every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up with this promo code, which is very simply for the fans of this podcast, OBR. Use that promo code OBR at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store and get a first deposit match up to $25. So again, promo code OBR. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Again, that promo code, OBR, nohouseadvantage.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, can't say enough good things about how well this offense played, and it's a shame that it ended the way it did because collectively the group was great. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper, Brissett, Chubb, Harrison Bryant, Batonio, Teller are all your top grade earners, and it's very, very justified, uh, in my opinion. A really good group uh, of uh, – uh, the game plan was great too. A lot of heavy personnel, 11 Michael Dunn snaps. They They wore the Jets down, 123 rushing yards late. They were picking on – 
some some mismatches on Amari Cooper early where they couldn't cover him. Then they were getting him into uh, some zone, predictable zone spots when the Jets tried to adjust to it. And uh, it was fun to watch. They were really cutting them up uh, across the board. So in this one, we'll go down the line, look at passing grades from Brissett. So Brissett goes 22 of 27. If it was 22 of 26, it's a win. You don't have that interception. He did miss a backside down again. I think it's really challenging to go from 30 to 17 games over. Oh, boom, 66 yards. Oh, God, dang, that's crazy. Let's just recover this onside kick. Oh, God, didn't recover the onside kick. Let's get a stop. Oh, God, they scored. We got to get back out there. It's really hard mentally to get ready and then go back out. He scrambles for 20 yards, gives himself a chance. He just throws a, he just stares down the dig uh, to, uh, to, uh, to Amari Cooper and throws it. And there's just a hook defender, middle read defender waiting on it. And picks it off. He had a backside dig to to uh, to Donovan Peoples Jones that he, if he just waited without much pressure at all on the play, he could have thrown it. But again, <laughs> ship had sailed. A ship had sailed at that moment. But anyway, he he had a good game. He deserves a ton of praise. He did take one sack that I thought was tough uh, when the Browns were in, in relative field goal range to go up by two scores, and he took an eight yard sack. But he only had one turnover worthy play, which we just discussed. He had one big time throw. Uh, to which I agree with their rating of that as a big-time throw. Uh, he had one drop against him, but again, 17 first downs. I thought he played his his butt off. You dig in a little bit more on the data. When he was kept clean, he was 15 of 19 for 127 in a touchdown, that one interception late. Under pressure, 7 of 8 for 102. It's great. Not blitzed, 20 of 22 for 211. And when he was blitzed, he was 2 of 5. For only 18, so the blitz stuff isn't great. We'll see if the Steelers go crazy like they normally do in blitz. We'll we'll keep an eye on that. Play action, he was eight of nine for 88 yards. Great non-play action, 14. Sorry, he was eight. You know, he's eight of eight on nine dropbacks on the play action stuff. Um, non-play action, 14 of 19 for a touchdown, and that final interception should have been 14 for 18. Five of five on screen game for 49 yards. Non-screen, he was 17 of 22. Should have been 17 of 21 for 180 and a touchdown and that unfortunate interception. Deep throws, he was one for two for 30 yards. Uh, that's where they, they uh, attributed the interception. That was a 20-plus yard downfield throw. Uh, medium throws, he was elite, 91 for He had a 6 of 8 mark, 80 yards, a touchdown. Short throws, he was 10 of 12, 70 yards. And then on screens, 5 of 5. He was especially effective intermediate right, 3 of 5, 49 intermediate center two of two for 20 and deep left he had a uh, an 84 grade on a, on a 30 yard throw uh, I think that ended up being to Harrison Bryant on a little scramble drill but I thought Jacoby was great and that's the best version they're going to get of him and it's I think the thing that makes me the most mad is you didn't win that game when he played that way because you need to win those games when he plays that way so that part of it is uh is tough it's really tough they they needed they really needed to win that game when he played that well. So, you know, hats off to him. On the receiving side, 9 of 10 cut targets caught for Amari Cooper. He was phenomenal. A 90.5 receiving grade, and I think that's justified. 101 yards, a touchdown. He was great. Harrison Bryant, 3 of 4 uh, for uh, 45 yards. Caught that nice little scramble drill catch where he turns it up after uh, there's just a little stick route, and then he kind of floats, and Jacoby makes a heck of a play to get out and and make that catch where he got, uh, you know, that football off to him. He turned that into 23, uh, 23 yards after catch from Brian on that one. That was great. Nick Chubb catches three of three for 26 on screen game. 
and Joku catches three of five. If you would have caught the other one that he dropped, he was the only guy with a drop. You're talking about, you know, upwards of 45, 55 yards. It could have turned that into, he's a great route, little little inside uh, wide juke, and just dropped it, just didn't catch it. It was an old school David drop that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, Kareem Hunt, two of two for 16 yards, including some nice screen work. And then Felton caught one for three. And then David Bell catches his first NFL catch for six yards. Nothing really special. It was a third and long, short completion very early in the game. If you're looking at kind of matchups, um, Cooper was best against Sauce Gardner. He was four for four for 33 yards. He got DJ Reed two for three, 18. When he got matched up on Tony Adams, he had that 20-yard catch. C.J. Mosley was accredited and Quentin, Quincy Williams both of those guys got one target for a collective uh, 30 yards uh, of, of coverage mark there. The touchdown came against Sauce. Uh, otherwise, Njoku had a great game uh, against uh, so the interior guys where he graded out pretty well facing off against middle-of-the-field players. There's nothing really other target-wise to really pull a sample size from, so I just kind of wanted to highlight those. Rushing grades, Nick was great. He had an 81.6, 56 yards after contact, three 10-plus-yard runs, eight Missed tackles forced. If I go look at position, which I will here in a second, I would imagine he is by far leading all runners uh, in missed tackles forced. So let's let's check that out as far as rushing reports go for halfbacks across the NFL. Missed tackle forced. Nick Chubb has 19. The second highest is Aaron Jones at 13. And um, 12 from Josh Jacobs, 12 from Jonathan Taylor. So Nick is... Nick is creating more than anybody else. He's tied with Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, Leonard Fournette for most 10-plus yard runs. Um, so this is phenomenal stuff uh, from, from Nick in that regard in terms of making people miss because he has been special in, the, in those. He got 10 gap runs, only four zone runs. Browns didn't run a ton of outside zone in this game, not much at all. They only ran seven zone runs, period, and 20 gap runs overall. So you can see what the game plan was. They wanted to pull guards and take advantage of outnumbering the Jets in certain scenarios uh, to the to the strong and weak side of formations. Um, Brissett ran a couple times for 43 yards, including that long scramble, which I just talked about. Kareem Hunt ran 13 times for 58. His rushing grade was 62.8. A couple missed cuts from him, but he ran so hard, and he finishes the game so well. He ran for four carries of 10-plus yards, he forced two missed tackles. You know, I I thought he played really well. I thought Kareem played really well. On the offensive line, pass blocking grades in this one. But <clears throat> excuse me. Betonio 81.3 and 33 snaps. Posich a strong game, 68.0. But the the true pass sets is where he struggled. He did give up a sack and a pressure, so that mark goes down. Wyatt Teller gets a 53.7 allowing a hit. Jedrick Wills gives up a sack, a hit, and a hurry in this one. So he graded poorly. I thought he was better than week one, but uh, some of the stuff, he did give up some 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 uh, pressures and hits in this one. And then Hudson gave up three hurries, so his mark was the lowest it's been, and he gave up two hurries on nine. The Browns only had nine true pass sets, which is great. That says your offense is keeping itself out of those difficult situations, which are those third and longs or, or comeback situations, but he did give up two of those pressures. I'll, I'll try to highlight some of those on social. Run game-wise, you know, we're talking about zone snaps. Njoku played really well in zone snaps, 74.1 on, on six uh, of those blocking assignments. Uh, Betonio and Teller 
both graded out collectively the best. Teller was much better in gap than zone. Joel was better in zone than gap. Not a big deal either way. Hudson grades out above 60 at a 64.1. Jedrick Will, 61.9. So across the board, their run game stuff was pretty good. Michael Dunn comes in for 10 run snaps, one pass snap. He was fine. He was on the field. And this is noteworthy. He was on the field for eight gap schemes. That's going to be something teams are scouting. They put Dunn on the field. They're not running... You know, they're not running wide zone stuff. They're they're typically going to be running power counter pin pull stuff. So that is certainly noteworthy and especially going to be noteworthy as Harrison Bryant and Jesse James are both on the injured list this week. And we'll see if they're able to play in a short week. And that means you might have more sixth offensive lineman snaps with Michael Dunn. So that's the number stuff. I should say what they did personnel wise. They did 22 snaps of 11 personnel in this game. 6.5 yards per play. That's great. They had eight snaps of their uh, Michael Dunn 6-0 line series and 12 personnel. So that's one back, two tight ends, one receiver, one extra O-lineman. 23 snaps, seven yards per play. Great. 13 personnel, eight snaps where they had a 5.8 yards per play number. And then 21 personnel getting either Felton, because this is how they list it there, Felton or the two backs, Nick and Kareem, together. They're, they're credited with 11 of those plays, a lot of which were from Felton. Uh, 5.5 yards per play in those snaps. And then they did run one snap of 22 personnel, which is Felton, Kareem, and Nick on the field together, but that one didn't go anywhere. So the Jets had 20 snaps of man-to-man, which is six fewer man-to-man snaps than the Panthers the week before. We'll see if they keep teams keep creeping that up over 20, because that's a lot. That's a lot. Browns ran 14 shifts and 37 motions, so 51 of 65 snaps had some sort of movement to help you uncover what uh, what the defense was doing, zone or man. So those continue to be high. It will con- the offense was the offense was good, man, good enough to win, and that's that is the biggest heartbreaking part of all of that because there will be games where this offense in these first eleven is not good enough to win, and it's hard now to look at the defense and bank on it. But man, this game just a weird, similar number stuff in the in the in the first part. Like Jets had twenty first downs, the Browns had twenty nine. Third down, 8 of 15 for the Jets, 8 of 12 for the Browns. Total net yards, 402 for the Jets, 405 for the Browns. 67 Jets plays, 65 Browns plays. 6.0 Jets per, per yards per play, 6.2 for Cleveland. A lot of weird symmetry in this thing, man. Four touchdowns, one field goal for each team. The singular difference is the extra point. You talk about special teams, guys who graded well. I think Kunasik would uh, uh, Kunasik will keep coming up. He had 17 total special team snaps, a 76.7 grade. He had a tackle. Grant Delpit had two special teams tackle on kick coverage, but the kick coverage wasn't good. The kick coverage allowed the, the Jets to take it past the 33 times. That is a bad outcome. Is is Cade being told to sometimes high kick it and land it short to make them return it? He should be kicking everything through the end zone. I would love to know the answer to what that is because are they holding him back from doing that? That to me is a bit mystifying if that's the case. Uh, they shouldn't be doing that. Shouldn't be doing it. D'Anthony Bell gets the worst grade of specials. Uh, he had a missed tackle. He ends up at the 33 grade. Uh, Jerome Ford missed a tackle. He ends up with a 49-3. And Tony Field gets a, Fields gets a 49-3. I don't know how they're giving bad grades or good grades. Maybe it's a guy not staying in their run, like their their fill lane and punt uh, punt team or kickoff team or a guy missing a block on kick return. I'm sure there's some formula for these guys, but... Your special teams guys getting a ton of snaps. D'Anthony Bell, Tony Fields had 17 apiece. Ronnie Harrison, 13. 
Sione Taki Taki, 24, as he's on almost every special. AJ Green with 18. Jordan Kunasik with uh, 17. So those are your guys. Martin Emerson, 12. I mean, JOK gets 11. Thomas Graham, who they just brought up, 11. Uh, 11 from Winovich. Uh, Walker had 10. Um, let me see here. Felton had 10. John Johnson, 10. Jerome Ford, 10. Like I said, those are your special teams players. So we'll keep tracking who's doing the best and worst based on this grading system. Uh, as as we can throughout the year. So uh, keep your eye out for that. That wraps up today's pod. The comprehensive breakdown gives you all the data uh, that you need to know how the Browns played it, how the Jets played it, how the Browns matched it, and the performance metric outcome of pretty much everybody who touched the field. So, you know, as usual, hit me up at the OBR if you have any questions on these things or hit me up uh, anywhere. I'm more than willing to, on Twitter, also go through any of these things with you guys. So let me know, man. Chat with you anywhere about this stuff, and hopefully these pods, these comprehensive breakdowns where we look at the numbers and stuff and give you some thoughts on the All-22 serves a purpose for you understanding the game. Now, short week, weird week. We have a Steelers preview tomorrow to come out Wednesday, so we'll have a great guest on for that. We have a Thursday game day show that we do with Brad Ward, and then Friday it's going to kind of like bump some things back, so we're going to do like a Friday immediate reaction show Saturday, comprehensive breakdown Sunday, maybe a day off. We'll see. Maybe have a random guest for Sunday because the Browns aren't playing. Uh, we'll do a, uh, a playback for Sunday football. We'll find something to watch there on playback. And then we will uh, roll into all of our next week's shows as the Browns get an extended week break here, uh, you know, going from a Thursday to Sunday game. So we'll fill that with some content based on where they're at because it's such a vital game coming up. Thanks for tuning in today guys thanks for tuning in early this week appreciate you uh, and all your support it means everything uh, to me especially as that's a weird time for our family we got some tough stuff coming up which i'll explain to you guys in the coming uh coming days if you're interested but but anyway um appreciate all the support it means everything thanks for tuning in today have a great tuesday go browns